0: A rough week for sports in Seattle. But, time is undefeated and it marches on. Hawks, big loss at home against the Raiders the Sunday after Thanksgiving. The Huskies winning the Apple Cup, having a chance to make the Rose Bowl if USC could beat Utah. This past Friday, December 2nd, in the Pac-12 title game, USC jumps out early and then just gets steamrolled on a 44-7 run to end the game by Utah. Ah, I'm Tim Kelly, and this is Courts and Fields. No guests this week, had a few scheduling conflicts, so we're riding solo like Jason Derulo, or I have to say Jason Derulo. Also recording this during halftime of the US-Netherlands knockout round uh, World Cup match. And again, the uh, depressing weekend just continues, US giving up a goal in the uh, extra time of the uh, first half and down to nil Uh, in the 42nd minute. They had a great chance to get a goal. Nice save by the Netherlands, but enough soccer play-by-play by me. My producer Stormy looking at birds, doing this from a different location in the house. But yes, let's talk football. Let's talk Seahawks. Huge game against the 3 win raiders and it just did not go well for the hawks. They um fall to 6 and 5 after losing to the raiders. Um kind of they are who we thought they were, right? I mean, anyone if you would have told them the Seahawks would be uh 6 and 5 at this point, would have taken it, but like a lot of games, or like a lot of sports, expectations change as the season goes along. And um, also just the fact that uh, they lost in OT. Again, it's a home game. Could have been 7-4, and four, uh, keeping you alive in the division race against a surging Niners team. A Niners team that has become kind of the media darling, or I guess the fan darling, if you will. Uh, or not the fan darling, but the uh, the team that everybody thinks is going to be making the playoffs, making the Super Bowl. You know, oh, watch out for them. They added McCaffrey. Though they did lose Elijah Mitchell, who had been getting a lot of carries for them, keeping uh, McCaffrey fresh. Also... Looks like Debo Samuel might be hurt. But enough about the Hating Diners. Hawks uh, sewed off the game. Huge. Big interception by Quandre Diggs. And within 30 seconds, uh, two plays later. The first three plays of the game, the Hawks, I guess if you count the kickoff as a play. After the first four plays of the game, Hawks jump up 7 nothing. Raiders march back tight up at 7. Um, yeah, Hawks uh, trading scores in the second quarter. Kenneth Walker, another touchdown around the third quarter. Into the third quarter, tied at 27. Hawks with about five and a half minutes to go. Take a 34-27 lead. Raiders, though, just march down pretty methodically, tied up at 34. Game goes into OT. There was, had Seemed to have a couple of chances, just couldn't get it to at the end of the first half um yeah and then just to uh start overtime uh yeah the hawks got the ball actually no excuse me the raiders got the ball to start first and um actually i i am my apologies. Raiders start off with the ball, miss a field goal in OT. Hawks get the ball, run three plays, and uh, have to punt. Raiders have the ball on the 14-yard line. And then Josh Jacobs just goes next level, 86 yards. I mean, game was probably over, even if he would have been tackled, uh, you know, in the... uh, even if it was only a forty-five or fifty-yard run, um, yeah. Josh Jacobs just uh, two hundred twenty-nine rushing yards, two touchdowns. Also caught six passes for seventy-four yards. The uh, first player since Tomlinson to have was it Tom, no? Excuse me, Adrian Peterson. Tomlinson had also done it as well. Uh, one of four players to have three hundred total yards and two touchdowns in the game. But yeah, first time in fifteen years since Adrian Peterson. And uh Raiders back to back weeks winning on uh I guess walk-off wins because both touchdowns. Uh Devontae Adams one week, Josh Jacobs the next. Uh the Hawks uh Adams had seven catches, seventy-four yards, but they didn't really challenge Tariq Wollen, who was on him the whole game. A very interesting game. Uh, Matt Collins, four catches, 63 yards. The Hawks just could not run the ball. 23 carries, 65 yards. Uh, Gino had an 18-yard scramble. Kenneth Walker had a 14-yard touchdown run. But, I mean, really, you take Gino's five carries, 22 yards, the, and a reverse to Goodwin. The running backs combined 17 carries for 36 yards. So the running backs barely... Barely getting two yards a carry. Uh, and that's just been an issue. It's something that the Hawks are going to have to run the ball better. Because uh, defenses, playing Geno a little bit better. Uh, his QBR for the game was only 41.1. Uh, threw a pick. Had another pass in the end zone that could have been picked. Not Geno's best game. Still 27-37, to 37, 328 yards. Two touchdowns. Had over 100 quarterback rating, but again, just not the best game for him. Uh, DK, 11 catches, 90 yards. Tyler Lockett, three catches, 68 yards. A touchdown. Travis Homer, nice catch. Uh, defense, just not really getting much pressure. Puna Ford had a sack. Um, quarterback hits, they only had four. Past defense, they had seven. Uh, Quandary Diggs had two picks, but just, you know, you won the turnover battle there in that regard. um, Actually, they tied because Geno Smith also fumbled the, pe- fumbled the ball, so two for two when it comes to turnovers. But, yeah, it's, uh, again, like I said, just a disappointing loss for, the hawks falling to 6 and 5 actually technically out of the playoff race now so <sighs> yeah now the nice thing is they're behind the giants and the commanders the giants uh you know if they finish with the same record they will have the head to head thanks to their uh early season victory uh, or not early season but a victory uh Oh, well, yeah, I guess it was earlier in the season, but not necessarily an early season victory. The uh, Commanders, though, Hawks do not play. Now, the interesting thing is those two teams play each other twice in the next three weeks. So, I mean, I guess I guess I don't really know what you're hoping for. The Hawks are only a game behind the 49ers, but like I said, that... They could have, uh, you know, been playing the Niners uh, with the same record. And I guess it's still possible. Niners play the Dolphins this week. Dolphins are very good. Good offense. Uh, They know how the Niners' defense runs because their head coach used to go against their defense every day in practice. But, again, let's look at the Hawks right now. Outside looking in. Uh... A game and a half ahead of Atlanta. little scary because Atlanta would have the tiebreaker over Seattle. Nice thing is Atlanta doesn't seem to uh, be able to win games plus their second or maybe their best offensive weapon. Um, Kyle Pitts is out. They've got uh, still got the Ravens and the Buccaneers on the schedule. Uh, Steelers... Saints and Cardinals as well. So, Falcons could could be hanging around. Uh, but really, after that, Packers, Cardinals, Panthers, Saints, Rams, and Bears. The interesting thing is the Falcons are only half a game out of their division lead. So, that adds another intriguing thing if Atlanta jumps ahead of Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay, having beaten the Seahawks in Germany, holds the head-to-head there. So... I don't know. I guess it's just best, maybe if the Seahawks would just win their games. The nice thing is, they play the Rams this week, the Panthers next week, and less than two weeks from this recording, they play the 49ers on Thursday night football. Uh, home game. Then you've got the Chiefs on the road, then the Jets come to Seattle, and then the Rams come to Seattle. Now, the nice thing about this week's game, the Rams are banged up. Aaron Donald will miss his first game um, due to injury. He sat out a game uh, once before when it was kind of meaningless, if you will, because of uh, the playoff situation. But he's missing a game, high ankle sprain. That's huge. Along with all the other injuries that they have. Stafford not playing. John w- Wofford Who, if you remember, in the 2020 season, Jared Goff breaks his thumb. In comes Wofford. It's a regular season game. Uh, Goff hit his uh, thumb on... Was it Puna Ford's helmet? It was a Seahawk helmet. Might have been Puna Ford. Anyway, Goff comes out. Wofford comes in. Can't win the game. Hawks get the home playoff game. Now remember, nobody is in the crowd. Hawks' home playoff game, taking on uh, the Rams. Wofford uh, leading the drive. Jamal Adams, in his biggest hit as a Seahawk, remember that was the year he set the defensive back sack record with nine and a half sacks. A huge, prestigious record that everyone remembers, And because they made him a blitzing Linebacker safety plays like a linebacker. Had Bobby Wagner shedding blocks, and Bobby Wagner is statistically or advanced statistics his worst year. I sound bitter. Jamal Adams really helping the team the last couple of years with his big contract and the two first round draft picks that they gave up, uh, to get him. And you know, this, uh, um, Terrible trade that set up the catalyst for the Russell Wilson trade that everybody acts like is a great trade. Which, Russell Wilson is a great trade. But they were forced to make the trade because of the Jamal Adams trade. Now I'm just ranting. But anyway, Wofford gets knocked out by um, Adams. And Jared Goff, with a broken thumb and all, comes, back into, the, comes into the playoff game. And the Rams beat the Seahawks move on to the second round of the playoffs. And then, as we all know, the 2021 season, the Rams uh, trade for Stafford before the year. They go all in. They go, as their general manager says, as we know, we try to keep this a family podcast, blank them picks, and the rest is history. Rams win the Super Bowl, sadly, beating the Bengals. We were all rooting for the Bengals. Uh, except shout out to our guy, Nathan Garrett, uh, a tolerable Rams fan, but, uh, Rams win. And then it has just fallen all apart this year. Stafford, like we mentioned, has had concussion problems, running backs, uh, uh, boy, US just had a nice chance at a goal there in the 48th minute, uh, the... Netherlands defender. In the goal, kicking it out, but he was not. Ah, a loss. But Rams, uh, like it was said, Stafford's out. Running back situation. They've cut Daryl Henderson. Uh, Cam Akers, who was supposed to be a breakout guy this year, at least in my fantasy draft. We paid a lot of money for him, me and my guy Liberlacci. Rams, uh, or Akers... At one point, wasn't even wanting to play on the team. Cooper Cup, they uh, broke the Davis graduate. Shout out to Davis High School. Lived, what, two blocks away from there when I lived in Yakima. Uh, Allen Robinson, who was their big free agent acquisition, or as Kevin and I like to refer to him as, the corpse of Allen Robinson, out for the year. Van Jefferson, who had a like knee surgery over the offseason, is now the Rams' top guy. Tyler Higbee will have a big game because tight ends do well against the Hawks. But, yes. Uh, and then on defense, like you said, Aaron Donald not being out. This will be interesting. Uh, Hawks have always struggled against the Rams. I guess they're, what, 2-7 and seven the last nine times against the Rams. Uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting uh, also. The Rams were who Russell Wilson got hurt against Thursday night game last year. That gave us the Geno experience where he came in. Looked like he was about to win. Then threw a pick, ending the game. But yes, uh, I mean, a must-win game is you must win the season's over. This is not a must-win game in that sense, but... If they can't beat this banged up Rams team uh, playing Wofford or Bryce Perkins without their two top wide receivers, uh, a running back situation that is, I mean, Kylan Williams might be their starting running back, you know this, this interesting running back situation and a banged up defense, an offensive line that has had a different combination every game. Yeah, if the Hawks can't pull this off, even going on the road, I mean, right now, right now, as of this moment, they're seven-point favorites, since the Donald news has been out there. So, Hawks, it is essentially a must-win, and then they host the Panthers, who have been playing a lot better, but there's a home game for them, which early line, eight days out, already six-and-a-half-point favorites all setting up a game against the 49ers. I mean, they could win all three of those, be 9-5, and five, and then we're laughing about how they were out of the playoff line. Plus nine and 9-5. Well, oh, that'd be great. But, you know what? Any given Sunday, I thought they were going to beat the Raiders and beat them fairly handedly. Um, so, yes. Here we are. Let's do some NFL picks while we're here. Last week, I went three and two. I don't know why on this show, I said I picked the Cowboys. But in my picks on the site that I use, I ended up with the Giants. But we'll keep the integrity of the show. Three and two last week. This week, uh, so back on our winning ways. Could have been, I mean, four and one it appears on my other ways. Uh, but, uh, this week, a good week of NFL action. Uh, I went with, uh, four good games and then the Seahawks-Ram game. First game, Commanders, one and a half point road favorites at the Giants. Giants have been banged up. Commanders have been surging. Uh, gonna pick the Commanders here. Uh, you know, division, road, um... Another missed opportunity by the U.S. Division Road Team. Uh, Road. Division Home Dog. There we go. Distracted by the U.S. missing goals. Uh, Commanders on that one. Titans at Eagles. Eagles, five and a half point favorites. The Titans are a type of team that just kind of choke you out, smother you. Uh, Eagles, five and a half points, like I said. But I'm going to go with the Titans. Uh, Eagles, only one loss division game to the Commanders, but I'm liking the Titans this one. Seahawks, I have them at four and a half. It's up to seven now, as we said just a couple minutes ago. Going with the Seahawks, four and a half, like I said. It is not a must win because the season is not over, but if there is as close to a must win that is not a must win, this is that must win that's not a must win. Um... The Seahawks can hopefully get their running game going. And, uh, again, their pass rush has been suspect lately. I mean, the defense completely has been suspect. This is hopefully the proverbial get-right game for your Seattle Seahawks. Dolphins at 49ers. Sadly, will not be able to watch this game because it will be going on. At the same time, the Seahawks are going on. I am... Uh, gonna go with the Dolphins. Uh, Some will say I'm a 49er hater. That might be true, but uh, Mike McDaniel getting his uh, first crack at his mentor, Kyle Shanahan. Again, like I said, the Dolphins uh, have some knowledge of the 49ers defense because McDaniel used to go against D'Amico Ryans, who I mean, I'm not breaking any ground here. D'Amico Ryan's probably his last year. I think it's only his second year as uh, Niner's defensive quarter, coordinator because he took over for Robert Sala. But he, uh, I imagine he will be getting a head coaching job in the NFL in the next cycle. Uh, I don't know. What, what jobs are going to be open? I mean, I guess we all assume the Broncos' job will be open. The Colts job's open. I don't know if either one of those teams is going to want to go with a... I, I, I imagine the Broncos are going to go with a not a first-time head coach and probably somebody that has more of an offensive background. Um, I mean, I guess it's possible the Chargers could open if they collapse down the stretch. Uh, Panthers job is open. Maybe uh, Mika goes to the Panthers you go play D'Amico played for the tight or the Texans maybe that job opens up I don't know I think it seems like they're committed to keeping Lovey there uh not the Lions go first time head coach but maybe who knows I mean maybe I'm putting too much um emphasis on not a first year head coach but you know there, there there's always or too much emphasis on first year first time head coaches there will be some jobs that will be opening up. Uh, there are, obviously, the Colts and the Panthers. Cardinals could be. Keep, keep in, uh D'Amico Ryans on the West Coast. Also, you, you tend to go opposite, right? That would be a defensive-minded head coach replacing an offensive-minded head coach. But yes, Dolphins, Niners. I think McDaniel is uh, going to have a... Good chance to beat his former mentor. I mean, probably still his mentor, Kyle Shanahan, taking the Dolphins plus three and a half. And then, uh, a great game. The Chiefs, three and a half point road favorites at the Bengals. Bengals have been surging. Uh, I don't know why I really like the Chiefs. Well, I know why, because I like watching Mahomes play. I like Kelsey. Uh, I like Andy Reid, but uh, I don't know. I mean, I think see this game only being a field goal. I'm taking the Chiefs though on that Chiefs bandwagon. So yes, Chiefs three and a half point road favorites going with them. And those are this week's picks. Switching To college football, as we talked about last week with Cody Peterson. This week, just yesterday, waited, uh, was hoping to have a celebration of UW returning to the Rose Bowl. Uh, Ohio State said they did not want to go to the Rose Bowl. Penn State is most likely getting that. And we're hoping, you know, USC could win and we would get a University of Washington versus Penn State Rose Bowl, a rematch of the Fiesta Bowl from 5 6 years ago. But that was not in the cards. Utah got down 17 to 3 but did not panic and they ended up winning uh 47 to 24 uh Caleb Williams got hurt for s c. You wonder if that will hurt his Heisman chances just based on the fact that um I mean he had a phenomenal year, but a lot of team, a lot of people were able to watch this game. It was the only game going Friday night on network television on Fox. And uh, Williams looked good the first couple drives, got dinged up, and then they just got smoked. And that's your lasting memory of a West Coast Heisman candidate. But yeah, it's uh, did not look good for them. Really, USC's defense a pitiful display of tackling could not stop. Anyone, you know, going with the cliche, they could not stop a nosebleed. They they could not. I mean, those last few touchdowns, USC defenders were just falling off the the Utah offensive players. There was one uh, an earlier touchdown, USC's or I believe Utah's first touchdown of the um, uh, the second half. Uh, USC sacked Cam Rising. USC should have picked off Cam Rising in the next play. And then on third down and what, 19, he, uh, Rising hits the receiver, and um, he jukes the defensive back that's in front of him. The two defensive backs kind of behind him run into each other. The Benny Hill music plays, and Utah gets a touchdown to take... lead. And never look back. So, Utah will be going to the Rose Bowl. It's championship Saturday as of this recording. So, Utah will be uh, most likely playing Penn State. Though, Purdue pulls an upset today against uh, Michigan. (laughs) <laughs> it will be Utah, and Purdue, and the Rose Bowl, just like everybody predicted. SC most likely going to the Cotton Bowl to take on... I mean, everybody th- seems to think it'll be Tulane. Be the winner of Tulane and UCF, I would imagine. Um, yeah, they... Uh, in the playoff picture right now, Georgia can lose to LSU and will make the playoff. Michigan... Can lose to Purdue and make the playoff. TCU not a big name brand program. If they lose probably not making the playoff even though they would only have one loss and they would get jumped by a team that played one less game and would still have more losses than them in a team like uh, Alabama. But yeah they uh It'll most likely TCU versus Kansas State. Um, Ohio State, because of uh, USC's loss, Ohio State, probably in the playoff, which a lot of people said congrats to uh, Ohio State getting smoked at home by 22 points, sitting out championship weekend, and somehow finding themselves in the playoffs, which, you know, you kind of think of it. It is a little ridiculous that that... uh, that scenario can happen. Um, but. After next year. Next year will be the last year of the four-team playoff. And then college football moves to the 12-team playoff. Which was sad because the Rose Bowl signed their rights to work uh, the playoffs, So the Rose Bowl will still will always be known as the granddaddy of them all. But they will not... Uh, Necessarily, be a January first game. You know, I don't know what the uh, what the playoff situation will look like, but it seems to be that these uh, semifinal games will be before January. Would be my guess. Uh, it would be pretty cool if they kept the playoff games January first for those first rounders, and then I don't know the eighth for the next round. Well, I guess what? If you have 12 teams, you'd have four first-round buys. So you'd have a first-round. Then you'd have quarterfinal, semi. Yeah, so, yeah. Basically, the Rose Bowl, not going to be January 1st. Or this year, it's January 2nd. Not that I was hoping to go down to Pasadena. And uh, next year will be a playoff game. Uh, So... This was the last year, really, for the traditional Pac-12, Big Ten setup. And uh, just like everybody wants, Utah is going to the Rose Bowl. Uh, but you know what? Uh, turning it back to the Huskies. They only have themselves to blame. They uh, Did they sleepwalk or did they s- sleptwalk? No, it's going to be sleepwalk. Uh, you know. Unfortunately, I don't have a communications degree. But they slept through that first half against UCLA. Now as a Mariners fan, you know, kind of distracted that game because that was when big dumper Cal Raleigh hit the home run off the foul pole that ended the Mariners' playoff streak, as we've talked about on courts and fields before. But then the next week when the Mariners took on the uh, Toronto Blue Jays in the playoff—they had the epic comeback. The uh, they lost their second game, obviously. Like they uh, sleepwalking through the UCLA game, they lost that game. They had a furious comeback late, but it was too little, too late. Then uh, the next week against Arizona State, just losing. To a team that was running out an interim high school coach. Just a brutal, terrible loss. And, you know, those are the two games. Huskies win one of those games. They are in the uh, Pac-12 title game. Possibly, possibly fighting for a college football playoff spot if they would have played USC. I think, I mean, that USC team yesterday... I think Washington, Oregon, and Oregon State all would have beat that SC team last night. Uh, Maybe it's because Caleb Williams was injured, but man, their defense looks soft. UW and Oregon both not particularly great defenses, but SC would not have been able to stop either one of those offenses. And then Oregon State, kind of a smash-mouth team, much like... uh, uh, Utah would have just out-physicaled the, uh, the Trojans there. But yes, UW now looking like they will be in the Alamo Bowl against Texas, which will be an interesting game. Uh, Texas coached by Steve Sarkeesian. Uh, their defensive coordinator is former UW uh, defensive coordinator Pete Kiwakowski. You know, left uh, and joined Sark's staff. It was kind of uh, disappointing that he left because he was, uh, well, let's be honest. It was his defense. Lake started to, Jimmy Lake started to ascend as a, hot coaching candidate, and they put him as a co-defensive coordinator. Kiewikowski got the bag from Sark in Texas, took off, and then, yeah, Lake fell apart. That's not the only reason, but, uh, yeah. Texas, one-point home loss to Alabama earlier this year. Lost on the road at Texas Tech, and also lost on the road to Oklahoma State. And then they... Lost at home to Texas Christian, so you know your two your two home losses were to two of the top uh i mean six teams in football right now uh statistically advanced stats they are a well loved team the longhorns will be interesting to see how that goes uh especially with now that uh sorry, the producer just found a box in the house and has jumped into the box. But uh we'll be interested to see who plays for you, dub. Uh if Penix is coming back next year, which most likely he is not, but so that makes you think that he will sit out uh the Alamo Bowl, assuming it is the Alamo Bowl. Again, pure speculation. Um, but yeah, not a uh it will be an interesting game. Last time UW and Texas played. Uh, Holiday Bowl. Major Applewhite. Led the. It was 2001 Holiday Bowl. Uh, Major Applewhite. Led a comeback against. Cody Pickett and UW. I. Uh, was watching the game downstairs. At my parents house. Because I was a. Junior in high school. And I. Lost a little bit of my composure. I took a wiffle ball bat, and I hit a tree outside. I think that was the only time I've shown a physical display of violence. Granted, it was a tree and a wiffle ball bat, so not much was done. But yes, Hook'em horns. I do not like them. Uh, As our USC fans remember one of the last times they played Texas, Vince Young, Still might be running into that end zone with the confetti. Lindale White. Or was it Reggie? Somebody fumbled one. No, Reggie was the pitch back, wasn't it? We'll have one of our uh, USC fact checkers get back to me on that one. As I've forgotten many things from that wonderful game that I missed because I was on a flight to Australia. But enough about me and my travels. Uh... Hard to be disappointed in the UW year, though. They won 10 games. It's just... They did not control their own destiny. And when you... uh, Oh, my goodness. Beautiful save by the U.S. on The Netherlands. Second chance. But UW did not control their own destiny. And when you leave it in other teams' hands, you're only going to be set out for disappointment. Especially when... uh, Put all your faith on those. Benedict Arnold's from Southern California. The University of Spoiled Children, if you will. Now my anger is really coming out. But yes, will be an interesting last year next year. We will see what happens. Last year of the Pac-12. And we will see what happens between... Um. What Lincoln Riley can do to improve uh, the team obviously needs a lot of help on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Will Alex Grinch stay on as D coordinator after that performance? Uh, In a lot of performances this year, but they just got to get bigger. I mean, but that's most teams that are not in the South, right? Their defensive and offensive lines have to get a lot bigger. And, uh... You know what will you dub return again? There's no guarantee that Penix is leaving. It's probably a ninety to ten, ninety percent to ten percent that he leaves and stays. But he's not listed as a top uh, draft choice currently. Uh, obviously, if you're him, this is the first healthy year he's had in what four, four or five collegiate seasons. Also, you're getting a little older. That's the other thing, too. Quarterbacks can play for a while. But uh, if you're him, uh, you get a comeback. Maybe you improve your draft stock. But a lot of people, a lot of the quote-unquote scouts, looks like he's looked at as a third-round pick right now, which is fine. uh, But, you know, there's no guarantee to start as a third-round pick. Uh, we've seen some good ones though. Russell Carrington Wilson, huh? Uh, well, the Seahawks version, not the Denver version, who we've been, Broncos country, let's ride, been making fun of a lot this year. But yeah, the, uh, uh, comes back, maybe improves his draft stock. But again, as we mentioned, he stayed healthy this year. So then you look at it and you have those injury concerns that could, uh, rear, their head, but boy, that offense, especially if McMillan and Adunze come back, they uh you know continue I mean the the plus side, I mean if you're a Trojans fan and a Huskies fan, I mean, both these coaches have essentially only been hired for a year. So imagine imagine when they get a second spring practice, a second fall, or I guess it'd be technically summer camp. Uh with these teams and can get programs rolling. And same thing uh, for Oregon with Dan Lanning, though. Oregon, who knows what is happening uh, with them? Uh, offensive coordinator Kenny Dillingham took the Arizona State job. He's an Arizona State alum, uh, though, didn't play for the football team, he was coaching high school football while he was there, but uh, got on as an assistant at one point. And then uh, Oregon, a lot of transfers to be expected. Though uh, uh, every school is getting transfers now. It's just kind of funny. Like the season isn't really even over yet. There's still a bowl game to be played, and guys are leaving. Uh, McCarthy leaving. Uh, Michigan already going to Iowa. But yeah, an interesting, um, an interesting time in college football with the transfer portal and uh, the playoff. And like I said, it'll be an interesting, I guess it's the last year of the Pac-12. And I say that because uh, I always look at the Pac-12 as the Northwest schools and the California schools. I mean, my whole life, obviously Arizona and Arizona. Yes! U.S. just got a goal at the 75th minute. Huge goal. All right, they're down 2-1 now. They're gonna have about stoppage time about twenty minutes to try and tie this thing. Send it to OT. Beautiful uh, off a corner kick. But yes, this is why you shouldn't record with a TV on. But uh, yes, like I said, Pac-12 is synonymous with the Northwest schools, the LA schools, and the Northern California schools. Obviously, that was the Pac-8. Arizona, Arizona State joined in the 70s. My grandmother always hated the Arizona schools because when they joined the Pac-8 to make it the Pac-10, they wanted to kick out Washington State and Oregon State. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of uh, funny. I shouldn't say hate. My grandmother was not a hateful person. She did strongly disliked the or or they, not the Oregon schools, probably did too, but uh, Strongly disliked the Arizona schools. Uh, yeah, the only Cougar fan that I uh, felt bad for when the team lost was my grandmother because she wasn't a creep like the rest of their fan base and alumni. But now we're just taking petty shots. Uh, you know what? I'll be better tomorrow or for this podcast's sake. I'll be better next week. But uh, you US another chance? Ah... They're attacking though. This is good. Seattle native DeAndre Yedlin wasn't had just come in as a substitution before this goal was scored. But yes, the um we will see what UW can do to improve. Again, ten and two. Nobody really probably thought that was possible. Especially, I mean, really when you saw that the losses were too uh Arizona State and UCLA, that's kind of surprising. You would have thought that they would have lost to uh, Michigan State. I think before the year, thought Michigan State would be a loss. And then, I mean, Oregon and Odson has been a tough place. But Penix or Revelation, hopefully, hopefully he can come back. Uh, would be very excited, personally, to have him back on the team. But uh, – You know, Kalen DeBoer has shown. I mean, Penix played for him when he was the offensive coordinator at Indiana and had one of his best seasons. And um, then, I mean, Jay Kaner was beating UCLA. He was almost beating Oregon in this DeBoer offense. So maybe it, it might not be that hard to get a quarterback to come in and run this offense. We were celebrating a U.S. goal, and then when the last part of the podcast was saving, or uploading, I should say, Netherlands, Getting another goal. Well, hopefully, next week will be better for all of our sports teams. Unless, of course, you rule for a team that I am personally not a fan of. Then I, like I said, I hope your sports week is miserable in a loving sense. I'm Tim Kelly, and this is Courts and Fields.